0: Well, it's beginning to look a yacht-like
1: Christmas once again there, Captain John. You stole my line. I made that one up two years ago. That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, But, yep, here we are. It's getting to be the holiday season once again, and uh, I'm getting in the mood for some yachty Christmas music as well as others. Mm -hmm. How about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. Well, and then let me also refresh your memory since I know you're getting up there in age. (sighs) Um, We like to do from time to time an album focus. And at times, we've been lucky enough to have artists who actually recorded the albums sit in with us, uh, did that a couple times, and today, we are just so lucky. Yeah, and it, uh, it's a tie into the holiday as well, so.
0: Yeah, so we're checking all the boxes. Blender for us, yes sir, yes sir. Well,
1: without further ado, let's spend some of uh, our Christmas with Orleans and bring in none other than Lance Hoppen. Lance, welcome back to the show.
2: Hey, guys. Good to see you. have been looking forward to this uh, round two.
0: Thing. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it doesn't seem like it was all that long ago that we did round one, but
1: here we are, Christmas time. So, ready to go again. Well, and since then, you've been doing some tour dates, uh, which I uh, presume went well, and you're looking forward to what's uh, on the horizon for 2023?
2: Yeah, I think a bunch – I think the main thing is going to be uh, us, I think, w- with – it looks like Peter Beckett from Player, Walter Regan, John Ford Coley like a mini, a mini yacht rock, mm-hmm. like a little, oh. you know, us and with them as guests, as opposed to multiple bands, we're going to try and make that more uh, affordable for the promoters and more hits and, con- you know, compacted space. Like, that.
0: And you'll be the backing band for them as you were before, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. So,
2: so that, that's the, the idea. And also the idea of trio um, Orleans as trio, which is a, uh, would be a, challenging really to put it across that way but that that's another format we're going to explore.
1: Oh, all right. Cool. Well, great, looking forward to that next year But until then, let's talk about what happened last year And as John mentioned, we have a an, an album that we'd like to go through with you It is the New Star Shining album, of course And of course, uh, when we had you on in August You started to tell some of the interesting tales of how this record came together So we thought we'd have you back and go through it all in its entirety And do a whole episode to it So, you ready to dive in? I am, let me give you a little context So,
2: when, uh, when COVID hit in March of 2020 and then it it sunk in that it was going to be a while. Um, then we got busy. Everyone learned some new skills, home recording, video, audio, audio. And we wound up producing four new tracks for YouTube release. Right. And then as that got on, we thought, well, we've started an album here. Maybe we should finish, which got uh, supplanted by the idea of let's do a Christmas album first because it has more of a deadline. So we started this album just around january 2021 with these new skills kind of under our belt um and we went from there so that's that's the genesis of the the idea and the project
1: it's so You alluded to, and we'll get into this as we go through track by track, but this album came together in a number of different ways, right? There was sort of three different ways the songs kind of came together to create an album.
2: Right. So as we thought about, okay, we're going to make a holidays album, a Christmas album. What are we going to, what, what song, where where are they? Who's got what? So we pulled each other, like, what do you got? What do you got? And, um, pulled them from internal and external sources. Um, and, came up with a dozen songs that were <clears throat> you know once again e- e- eclectic, which is our nature and, uh, <laughs> and and everybody had a piece of it. John had I some songs I had some song ideas so I had some songs. And so uh, out of nowhere we had a dozen songs so there we go. so let's let's figure it out Now some of these <clears throat> didn't need any revision. they were just like transplants. Uh, uh, it actually breaks down in thirds a third of them were transplants uh, a third of them we started from scratch and a third of them had already had some kind of life um, and we got the multi-tracks whatever, pulled them apart and then replaced things to make them current and more leanzy if they weren't enough so um, each, those are the three uh, categories I'd say they didn't on a high- no crib no toes were waiting. Still they had their love for the child they were anticipating. He was born one winter.
0: Night. Okay, well, uh track one, right? let's uh let's go run them down. Track one is New Star Shining, from what I understand, that was composed by John and Joanna. And this one, to me, Tom, has a vintage Orleans uh, vocal blend going on there. Now, uh, what I read about it is it was originally released on a compilation from back in 1994, a Woodstock uh, compilation. Is this one of those that was lifted, or has this one been changed and rebuilt? No, this was lifted as is. And yeah, you're right. In 1994, we were uh, we were um,
2: doing good business in Japan. We had, we had done... Uh, our 1990 live double album for the Japanese releases. And then um, we went to touring. So we had these connections over there through our friend, Robbie Dupree. And uh, then they wanted a thing called Woodstock holidays was the C date, a compilation CD. So we were to submit a track for that. And so new star shining, the halls had written um, for Alabama, actually and Alabama, they passed on it. It passed on, oh. but what happened was uh, James Taylor and Ricky Skaggs cut it as a duet. So that was kind of falling upwards, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we did our version in '94. It was Larry, my you know my brother Larry, John Hall, myself, and Bob Lineback. Uh, was in the band at that time. No drums, just quartet, um, and each guy got a half a verse. You know, so we spread the vocals around very evenly, and I think it's really lush. There was a new star shining In the sky up above By That appeared on that CD. It also appeared um, when we did a we did another live compilation in 2002 and stuck it on there because it hadn't been on any Orleans thing and then when it came down to his this is a natural thing and it was also a natural to uh name the album that just made sense it's the most christmasy you know most christmas story christmasy thing that we have
0: on. The yeah record. it's a real strong track i mean it's a great way to start the record for me
1: it's also a song that i discovered um well just as background every year john and i uh, do a rerun of our first ever Christmas episode that we recorded a few years ago in part because that's what you do on the holidays, right? You tried out all the Christmas uh, reruns. Two, it gives us a, a week off from having to record. But <laughs> one of the this was a track that I had discovered in trying to make a compilation of quote-unquote yacht rock Christmas music. And I'm like, oh my God, there's an Orleans tune on there. And then I started finding a Firefalls tune. So now I have a whole playlist built out. So this was sort of part of my gateway into, uh, what do I call it? A very yachty Christmas so let's move on to track two, Quiet Place, which has a little bit of different vibe. And I'm curious how this song came to be.
2: Part times in the global village People just cannot get along In the cradle of civilization This is my favorite in terms of production. Mm. This is the most interesting. So John had recorded this song earlier some some album he had in the 90s and he didn't have the multi what he had what we had was a mix and it was very very simple uh acoustic guitar vocal a uh, little bit of pad very faint bass you know not much on it just very sparse and john sebastian playing harp so that was it It was very scaled down so in hearing this I heard a bigger, you know, big vocal arrangement and I heard this drum thing in my head, which really lent itself, I thought, really well to the lyric. Now, at this time, at this time, John was very busy. Like he was moving. He was not only moving, kind of living half in New York and half in Nashville, getting divorced, making his own solo album, falling in love. I mean... You know, that's to, all. You know, it was like, okay, so like, hey, John, we're, hello, can you park, can you show up? You know, but like, he was he was preoccupied, and so I was I took the reins on this project with uh, our mixer, our engineer friend Mike Malfizi who I've been working with since 1980. And so we kind of had free run. And so in in doing this track, I had to translate what I heard in my head. And the method was to... I recorded uh, all the various vocal parts myself, you know? I just laid it all out there, submitted it to John, and he made a couple of comments, and then I tweaked it. And then once we agreed on that, I sent it out. I sent the part out to my brother Lane, who's in the band, Fly Amero. You know, I sent, you sing this part, you sing that part, you send it back to me. And so that's how, you know... My ideas were translated into their mm-hmm. homework, mm-hmm. and then and then back at me. And then when it came to the drum thing, I heard, I heard this very this marching drum cadence. Soldiers of the sovereign nation, kick the door down in the night. And it, it's the kind of track. It's not a click track. It's a very ebb and flow that tempo changes from section to section on purpose, you know, there's nothing like that. So how do you do drums over that? Well, you do it one at a time. So we, I said, play the kick drum. Here's the pattern, get as close as you can to where it belongs, and then we'll digitally edit and refine it. And then once that's done, okay, well now do this uh, snare drum part, that. Mm-hmm. and do it three times, do it four times, you know, match them up. Um, now do this big, big tom and make sure it lands on the, you know, on the one. So, and then, okay, well, now it's time for the congas. So same thing, like one at a time, then we manipulate it a little bit and make sure it feels right. And then full kit over top. Okay. Now we're done. So it sounds like it's done um, all at once, but it's really, it does. it's really piecemeal. Right. And it, and it was a little bit shocking. It was shocking to John. And to my manager, when they heard, I get the boom. and I heard these big drums come in. He was like, "Whoa!" You know? uh, wow. <laughs> so I had to kind of sell it uh, and get them used to it and mix it just so. So you know, but uh, I'm really pleased and, and yeah. proud of that production from where it was that simple that simple recording to what it became, which I think is really good, really cool.
0: Building up the drum track. Um, a piece at a time. Didn't you do that? Uh, this goes back to our other interview. Didn't you do that on Dance With Me to a certain degree? Obviously, there were lesser parts, but... That's how Dance With Me was done, back, back in 1975. Yeah. Uh, the original recording of Dance With Me,
2: because there were two of them, had no drums whatsoever. Right. Like, um, I think it maybe had change in the pocket.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> that,
2: oh, yeah. That's about it, you know? So when we went to record it the second time, which became the hit time, yeah, that was kick drum first, top drums later. Um that's how it was done. So I kind of fun. When we came to quiet place. I had that stored in the back of my head right. from, you know, 35 right. years ago. Well, this is how we're going to do that. You know? And then Brady just followed my lead and there you go.
1: Well, I take back what I said about your memory earlier, John. Yeah. You, well, Yeah, you banked that yeah, one. I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but you're right to what you said earlier, Lance, is that, 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 the drums, uh, particularly the march part of it, totally fits with the theme of the song. Yep. And I can't imagine it being any other way. It's
2: very militaristic, right? That whole thing sounds military. And that second verse is about, uh, it's really about uh, Herod coming through and taking all the babies. And, you know, you know, so that's what the lyric, it just made total sense to me. And I, but I had to do a little convincing on the back end. We picked out a tree, my baby and me. I did up on top of the car
1: We won't have
0: to drive too far. All right, then we have a, uh, a significant mood change. Uh, Jinglin' in New England. And now, this <laughs> is uh, the, the start of a process for me learning a little bit more about uh, Fly. And um, he brings a lot to the party on this record, which I'll kind of get to later on. But this one's classic 50s style. Um, jazzy guitar almost like a like a early Les Paul uh, type of track or something I'm trying to place who his guitar style is on this one
2: I think it's modeled after Bill Haley in the comics
0: there we go yeah I was also going to say like an Elvis Christmas song too like the early the the guitar
2: is really dry and really loud like in these Mm -hmm. fills you know it's like that so he wanted it just that way yeah
0: But it brings that nostalgic feel to Christmas mm-hmm. songs, which, you know, to have a newer song have that nostalgic feel, that's a gem for me.
2: Right. So he lives, he and his wife live in uh, Gloucester, Mass. Mm. They wrote They wrote that song together. They were out and about for Christmas and making observations and so they wrote "Jingling in New, New England. And um, that was uh, all done. You know, he had a version of it. We took the tracks, we took them apart. And all it wanted from us was a uh, an enhancement of the background vocal thing right and lean's voices and a couple of other ideas that weren't spelled out in the first one and there's even a woman on there from his first recording i, I feels her name fails me right now but she's been left in there too so this was one of those didn't need a lot of doctoring. that all the players that session he had up there that was fine there was no point replacing any of that but we added our vocal style to it to make it our own well
0: i want to drop in just a little bit of that guitar solo though right here
1: So, yeah, I, my note on it was, uh, this is a fun little tune. It's like Rockabilly meets Randy Newman. <laughs> yeah, <It's>, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and I thought I heard a female voice in there. I was going to ask you who that was. So that's good. Cool. Fun tune. Well, now we are moving on to my personal favorite yeah. off the album. I don't know if you remember me telling you that last time, Lance, but I really, for whatever reason, I really get touched by Mary's Christmas.
2: She's carrying a child. They both know that it's not you. It will be a miracle if they can get through this.
1: It's Merry
2: Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, I think, I th- I'm, I'm not sure who the writers are. Um, it was recorded by Little River Band. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learned this song when Wayne Nelson, who's the, the, the head guy there, the bass, singing bass player, Little River Band. Um, we're friends. And he, this had to be 2016 or 17 or 15, somewhere in there. He had been doing a, like a charity holiday show down in Florida. And for two years running, Little River Band was the house band. And he said, like, c- we can't do that again. Will you guys be the house band? So we went to do that show for him and he had a couple of songs to sing. And also Joe Puerta had a couple of from Ambrosia had a couple of songs to sing. We'll get there later. But that's where we learned Mary's Christmas and we all loved it. Mm. So that was kind of in the back of my mind. Well, let's let's see about that. And then in wanting to cut it, it was, well, I asked Wayne, you know, can we use your keyboard tracks? Because they kind of define the thing, you know? Is that gonna be okay? Like that would be a place for us to get a head start on the thing and um, they consented. So the the strings, the piano, you know, that was from their track. And we just then went about filling in everything else. And I'm, you know, to toot my own horn, I'm really, really pleased with that lead vocal. I think it sells the song really nice. Oh yeah. And, And the, the only, the only drawback is because it is so much like their version because their version was so spot on. Then it's kind of hard to have that break through when you're covering the original so closely,
0: right? Yeah, and theirs wasn't that long ago, twenty eleven or somewhere around there, was it? Right. Yeah. Okay.
2: Something like that. Yeah. So, you know, I'm pleased with it as as a as a as a piece. piece of work, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah it works
1: well oh i love it it's my like i said my favorite can you verify something for me because john i don't even remember let's see if you remember this now when we first recorded the christmas special episode i had a number off of that a number of tunes off that 2011 uh compilation by little river band and you asked me you said is this the good little river band (laughs) or the people out there pretending (laughs) to be little i did ask that and i didn't know so this turns out to be the good little river band right lance well,
2: it depends on what you mean by that. The the original the three main guys, the three Australian guys that were in fact a Little River band, I mean they they acquiesced. They quit. I mean they they folded. So, so they were done, right? But Wayne, who was I think the second bass player or the third, I don't know where when he came in, he uh kept it going and um in a, in a good way and and uh, ultimately there was a lawsuit about that like who owns this thing and Wayne won like the judge saw that he had kept the business alive and that these guys couldn't reclaim the the, the title so <clears throat> that's how that goes and um, I think there's one guy from the original band one of the guitar players still playing with him but uh, I, we've worked with them you know on, on occasion and they really they do they do a great job.
1: John, where are we going next? We're going to track five.
0: Uh, I don't have notes on this one because I kind of picked a few uh, specific ones I wanted to hit on. You got anything on I Wish I Could Have Been There before we hand it off to uh, Lance to take
1: us through it? Just that I heard some bluegrass in this one, which is another new sound now being introduced uh, to a record that really is cohesive, but it explores a lot of different kind of sound areas, I think. So Lance, what do you got on this one?
2: This is one of John's songs that he wrote with a guy named Tad Richards who lives up in Woodstock. Tad's very... Uh, clever lyricist and um, had this particular take on it's a farmer going out to take care of his lamb on christmas eve it, you know it's that kind of setting and this and uh and it's very much like uh in on the order of the band it's that kind of style and we, di- we didn't we didn't mince words about it we just kind of this is the band right let's let's just sound like the band So the vocals are not double tracked. Everything is one track. It's not supposed to be sweet and pretty. It's supposed to be, you know, very very real. It's John, Larry, uh, myself, and Fly do do the basic thing. And Billy Billy Payne played. Uh, we sent it out. Billy Payne from Little Feet. Little Feet. Yeah. Sent it out to him to do the piano oh cool and we sent the I sent it to john jorgensen who's a very good friend of mine to play mandolin because he's stellar he's not only a great guitarist he's a great everything so he put mandolin on it and um so the elements came uh, and was again so john and i and brady went into a studio cut the basic track live only used the drums then went back and started from there and and built it with these uh Ringers, bring it
1: in these rings. <laughs> the ringers. <laughs> and just to clarify, this was recorded in a the 2020 session, right? 2021, yeah. Yeah, 2021. Okay, cool. Interesting. All right. Um, well, if there's nothing else on that one, I wanted to move on to A Sound of Christmas because that, again, brings back the traditional sort of Orleans way with the trading vocals. And this was another one of my favorites. It's the great color of red paper
2: followed by the and it's off to church hear the choir and all give thanks to God it's the silence of the morning blanket this song was written co-written by chip Martin chip Martin is a good buddy of mine and uh, he and I and Brady and one other guy, we had a Elton John tribute band here in uh, in Nashville for a while, pre-COVID. And when John had to take a leave of absence from the road in the summer of 19, Chip came into Orleans <clears throat> to fill the, those shoes and it looked like it was going to be maybe permanent until John had said, I'm I'm, a, I'm I'm ready to come back. <clears throat> and um, so Chip had about a six-month stint with us and then COVID hit so, and again, in searching for songs, I guess this is this was a song that one of the trips here that we came, Fly came to rehearse and he stayed at Chip's house and Chips played him this song. So Fly had had it, that in the back of his head somewhere and he presented it to me. I said, yeah, let's do that. So we used a bunch of Chip's tracks from his version, uh, a lot of guitars. We replaced bass drums. Um. A lot of vocals, of course. But we used a lot of the stuff from his original recording and then enhanced that. And, yeah, we approached it much like New Star Shining, where each verse, a, a different guy, has a vocal. starts with John, goes to me. Lane. The bridge goes to Lane. Second bridge comes back to Fly. So it's, it's all spread around that way. And, yeah, it's a really – it's a very sweet – it's a very Southern song, you know? Yeah. The family, you know, Grandpa – daddy said, you know, all that stuff, you know, in, in the lyric. And there's a country version of
1: it. it. As you say that, you know, I'm reminded of something my kids might say, which this is a mood, you know, they'd say, oh, that's such a mood. When you put this record on, it is a mood. It's a Christmassy mood. It's a balance between like the the painting that you just kind of painted there as well as, you know, it's got all of the religious undertones as well. So it really just feels like Christmas, John. Yeah. I don't get the
0: feeling, that, like I, from some records, I get the feeling they're trying to reinvent what Christmas should sound like. This is not. This is saying, we know what Christmas sounds like, and it sounds yeah. like these things. It's very nostalgic feeling.
1: At this
2: point, uh, just uh, published finally our new website, and in building the store and putting everything every product every album everything has a story that on its own page you know about it and uh, and i put a headline in green and red it says this is not your grandpa's christmas album you know (laughs) it's really it's really good um not that it's 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 different
0: mary had a baby far away mary
1: had a baby
0: The next song, I'm going to let you uh, tell the story about the intro, but the the question I had on it, this song is called Mary Had a Baby. And I remember, there's something else I remember, Tom, that uh, when I asked about what part you sing vocally, you said, I play the bass and sing the high parts. Now, are you singing the high parts on this one?
2: Yeah, so let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you about this song. All right. Uh, so Mary Had a Baby is a, as it turns out, and I didn't know this until I looked it up or we looked it up, it, uh, it's an Afro-American spiritual. Uh, mm-hmm. traditional. That's where it comes from. Now, where I learned it was from my mother. My mother played organ uh, at one point for a church. And in the mid 80s, we were all home, all the siblings. And uh, we learned a couple of songs to perform in the Christmas service with her, for her. And this was one of them. So we did a quartet vocal arrangement. My two brothers and my older sister and my mom playing piano. So that was captured. Thankfully, the rehearsal was captured on this little, you know, those little cassette players. It's like, you know, this big and the condenser mic and the little oh, yeah. speaker. Yeah. That kind of from the from the from the 70s, 80s. So that was on her piano and it captured this. So the opening Cadence is from that is uh right from those recordings you know processed and made to be as good as it could be, so then wow. the rest of it had to be done from scratch, and it couldn't be done in the original key because my sister's soprano part was just too high, it was too high for me, and I had to figure out again because I'm going to send out all the parts, right so I have to figure out what key is not too high, not too low mm-hmm for the for the bottom and the top part so for me to sing the top part it was a stretch and to be honest and uh the people who know recording will 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 get this part of it there are there's a key change and it goes even higher Mm -hmm. later some of this stuff had i had to sing it with everything pitched down like either a half step or a whole step so that i could hit the notes and and then pitch it back up to where where it all belongs yeah. so I had to, my, my part is uh yeah it was a bit of a a stretch and I had to do mine first because then each guy had to send back had to match their phrasing as best they could to me and again we're not talking about click track we're talking about ebb and, ebb and flow
1: yeah mm-hmm. and,
2: and so a lot of it is just in, intuition um so it goes I'm on the top I think fly is next and lane and then john and on the on the bass part, um, put and Lane. I, oh, I asked, initially asked Lane play the piano as close as you can to the timing that Mom, mom put down. So he played his piano to her track. Oh, wow. and we and we, we took it away, changed the key, you know, oh, wow. like that. <laughs> oh, like man, a lot of stuff. Man. A lot of stuff. You, you do the so, piano in MIDI.
0: Yeah, so, so that you can change when you
2: change it. It doesn't make it all funky right right right, right so that was the. It, that was a lot of a lot of process but it, it in the end it comes out as very um homegrown and then very churchy because uh on top of the piano and the four vocals i asked john's new wife andrea who is andrea zahn who is a stellar uh violinist works uh, tours with james taylor these days I asked her to put together a string quartet and she and I composed the chart for it and then she did her magic with herself and a and a and one other player. Mm. Uh, so it's just uh, piano voices and and string quartet.
0: Wow. So she's probably playing the viola and the two violins and then someone else on the cello or something like that, huh? Right yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um so you're doing, for all of these songs, you're doing all of the editing, personally, Lance? I mean, this is a ton of work. No,
2: the the, the editing, per se, um, was Mike Malfese, my co-producer, my engineer friend. And he did a Yeoman's job. I mean, I, I mean talking a thousand-plus hours of home studio time over the course of six or seven months, you know. And we discovered a few things. It was, there's lots of tools. We discovered a tool that, can take, like I'm saying, I, I sing a thing and then the guy's got to match my phrasing. Well, there's a there's a plug-in, recording plug-in, that yep. will make people. Uh, hmm. for, think, yeah, for just, better or for worse, think, yeah,
0: Vocal Align yeah. will do that.
2: that right, Vocal Align, right? <laughs> yeah. Vocal line. yeah. So, so after we, after he tore his hair out about Mary had a baby, <laughs> with all, making that all work, then we found this program. Go, oh no! Yeah, and the rest of the album went a whole lot easier.
1: Oh my gosh! Well, I'm not the recording uh, aficionado that uh, either of you are, but I will tell the kids at home: if you're operating one of those mini cassette recorders, you have to hit play and the record. The red button at the same has time. to come down. Yep. Yeah,
0: you're right. Right. Yep. Exactly. Very good. So
1: just keep that in the back of your mind. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, Where are we next, Tom? we're shifting gears we're gonna kick it up a notch in terms of tempo and energy maybe and that's uh, a little country rock ditty called Snowed in with you
2: John Johanna wrote this um, I think back in the 90s his his then wife and prolific writing partner johanna hall and it never got recorded anywhere mm. as he said so he it's not christmasy so much as it's seasonal right and mm-hmm. um so we did that from scratch we did it in the same session that we cut the other track for uh wish i could have been there john me and brady kept the drums built it from there um dan dugmore is playing steel dan is a very you, you hear him on all kinds of uh, Linda, Linda Ronstadt records. Oh, okay. Cal- California country steel. Okay, that, he's, he's the guy, and and Andrea's playing fiddle on it. Yeah, so it's an interplay between the fiddle and the steel, and, and this uh, kind of two beat that that kind of groove, you know. So it had its place.
0: So we've got I'm Coming Home for Christmas, track nine on the album. I'm Coming Home for Christmas.
2: So this was, uh, I mentioned earlier, the, the Christmas show we did for Wayne, where I learned "Merry Christmas. Yeah. Right? And also Joe Puerta from Ambrosia was on that show. And one of the songs he sang was this I'm coming home for Christmas that's where I had got that from in the back of my brain and we resurrected that so this so that the writer is a friend of his who he's a publisher or you know he's in the biz okay you know yeah. and yeah. he couldn't get that song cut and so and so they cut so Joe cut it with him for him many years ago and then um we did that from scratch and i was thinking John Lennon really oh the, Okay. Uh, if, if you hear like the, the raunchy backbeat guitar, it's like, oh, it's darling. Like, it's, like, it's, like,
0: it's
2: like, it's very, it's got some Beatles stuff in it. Yep. Um, uh, we, we tried to make it even more Beatley, but uh, it, it was a little over the top. But it has a harpsichord keyboard. You know, it's like, it's got those kind of elements in it. You had to um, cut
0: out the Mellotron flutes, huh?
2: Yeah, we couldn't get <laughs> access to the <laughs> hard to come by these
0: Yeah, no kidding.
2: <laughs> no, but that's kind of like, uh, anyway, that's some of the inspiration of how uh, it was put together. Um, John put the ding, 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 you know, over the top. Um, that was his contribution, getting those arpeggiated rhythm, rhythm things in, and Fly did the raunchy stuff.
1: Yeah, that type of arpeggiation in 6-8 time just takes me back in time to like, right? So it's the 60s again. Yeah, Again, more nostalgia. Well, let's genre shift once again, because the next number is like this jazzy piano tune called I Wish I Could Fly.
2: I wish I could fly away on Santa's sleigh. Go back in time. Yeah, so now we're getting into the tail end of this. I wish I could fly was another one that just came as is. Fly already had this cut. It was
0: beautiful in its own right. Love it. Yeah.
2: Um it's very kind of forties, I think.
0: Yeah. It's like Barney Kessel on guitar on this one, man. Woof. It's really nice.
2: Very like not not jazz so much
0: as you know, forties, you know, like standard. Yeah, if you change of. the vocal, it could be like a Julie London record or something. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah.
2: It's very sweet and um, needed, didn't want to be tampered with. Yeah. And he used all his guys up there. So.
1: When did he record that?
2: Uh, it's not not clear to me, you know. Um, Fly has his own comedic career. He has a whole album. I don't know if you ever saw The Light of Day. It's called Country, Cracked Cracked Country Christmas. Sounds fun. And it's all parody and strange. <laughs> so, Fly's so got his own thing going on, and and this other side of him, these uh, this old school kind of stuff. It's another side of him. So he he we uh, we we wanted those things to be included. Now you are going to the next one. Yeah, I
0: a, yeah. I'm, I imagine there's some <laughs> some story on this one. This one's quite uh, produced. Uh, Winter Wonderland, walking in Winter Wonderland, right? Um, sort of. Uh, it feels like a New Orleans swing, kind of. It's very arranged, big horn arrangement. It's got the melodica uh, we're familiar with from Orleans is in there. Yeah. Uh, and they even catches you off guard with a key change at the end. Just when you think it's done, here comes the key change, right?
2: This to me is very much uh, like New York, New York, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So here's the story. Uh, this is a nice serendipity. Back in 2017, I think it was, I got um, an email from a guy. Of course, my brother, Larry, he passed in 2012. So I got an email from a guy saying that he had recorded this Winter Wonderland with Larry. And would I be interested in. Um, Replacing the bass on it, like putting a bass track on it. I thought it was a nice gesture. I didn't have home recording capability at the time. And um, as it turned out, I never got down to Florida to do that. Um, so time went by. In 2020, when I was searching the web to for video content with which to send something really cool and relevant every week to our Facebook crowd or mm-hmm. YouTube crowd, I came across so much. And I stored it all. And one thing I forgot that I had found was the YouTube of this winter wonderland of of, that Larry had done. And when I so I just kind of stumbled over it again when I was going through stuff. And then I tried to contact the recordist because I had that email from four years prior, and I could not find him. Um, Googled him, you know, I I couldn't find him. Kept asking because he had he had offered to. Do whatever you want with it, right? right? And I just wanted to confirm that before we put it on a record. And I could not find him, so it went right up to. uh So it it, if I had found him, we might got a, might have gotten at the multi tracks and done some vocal stuff. But again, it it is as is, and it's very fun the way it is. Addendum to this story: um, I did. He did finally. I did eventually find him, and he uh, was really happy that we were using this track and he came to uh, St. Pete, a show there, and I met met the guy. And so everybody was, was a win-win. And as, I tur- as it turns out, the bass player on the track is my good friend, Barry Dunaway, who I've done a lot of work with, with through Larry. So there was no point replacing Barry's bass, which was just fine. Um, but this is how, uh, between New Star, Shining, And Winter Wonderland, Larry gets to participate in the album, posthumously, you know, that was very cool.
0: When he's in uh, Mary Had a Baby, too, right? Is he a part of that group, the the intro? The intro,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. right. This was cameo.
1: Right. And so you say that was recorded in 2010, right, originally? I think
2: that might be right. Yeah, it's
1: probably true. It's so when you said Larry recorded, who else is with him? Who's the band? Who's the, you know, do you remember who he was collaborating I have to go with?
2: look again at the credit
1: list. It's, it's
2: quite, quite, it's rather large. I'm not, I think this was done for some charity thing, which was very much like Larry to have done, to have contributed mm. that way. And then I'm sure he brought in some players as did the, the recordist, the engineer. But um, uh, I was not aware of it happen- happening at the time and I only found out years later and then I, it just was there when the right moment struck.
1: Yeah. Well, I love it. It's a great tune. I'm so glad that you were able to include it. Um, very fun. And it is very New
2: York, New York.
1: Yeah, That's the- totally. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, you mentioned um, Fly having his quote-unquote <laughs> own thing going on. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which brings us Now to the- I think I understand this last song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because I had a question mark as well, but now it all seems to have become clear. This is the Ballad of the Christmas Cowboy. (laughs) (laughs) He was the Christmas Day cowboy
2: Who rode into Wichita falls by hay For the eight flying reindeer hooked up to his sleigh Ballad of the Christmas Day Cowboy. Yeah. This is one of his comedic <laughs> songs. Uh so good though. Man, John had it. trepidation about including it. He would have been fine leaving it off. And <laughs> we were, you know, going went back and forth about it. But and we had to we had to shorten it because it had a whole intro, like uh like Marty Robbins, like out in the western, the town of El Paso. That yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like that. It had a big preamble. We had to cut that out, and then the the fade goes on forever on his. <laughs> so we it, we could you know, compacted it a little bit, but the the lyric is basically, you know, sand is flying over, but this fair maiden, you know, out in the range, toothless, toothless, you know, I mean in that. the de- the dentist chair, like. I loved you. It's <laughs> so funny. It's ridiculous, you know. And and a uh, punchline is something like, you know, he would have married her if he only understood what she was talking.
0: Yeah.
2: About. <laughs> but it's pretty funny. Um, really enjoyable. Yeah. Very lush, robust production, like over-the-top production. It's just so that that. that takes us out on the album.
0: Yeah, if you don't know what you're listening for the first time, it's like it, it catches you by surprise. As soon as the first time the slurpy voice comes in, you're like, wait, now what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Santa Claus, you are
1: my sweetheart. I loved you since when I first learned It's a fun way to close the album. I don't know where else you wanna put it, frankly. Nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> either first. Either first or last. <laughs> I'm just glad yeah. I'm glad we snuck it on. It's the kind of thing, so if, if you play it and you know
2: you you are done hearing you don't want to hear that again. You know, you don't have to play the last cut. Yeah.
1: That's right. Yes. <laughs> Cool. Well, all together, the album comes together despite, we, you know, us saying it represents multiple genres. It, it really is a cohesive mm-hmm. record. That last lisp notwithstanding, <laughs> it's awesome. And it puts us in the Christmas mood just in time for the holidays. Well, that's
2: great. Cause, uh, and if anybody's interested in acquiring it, you can get it from our all new Orleansonline.net.com Dot com is no longer. Okay. Orleansonline.net is where we live now. And the site is very cool. Very, very full. Like, uh, uh, it's like a library. Uh, it's got amazing history and uh, uh, really very – I'm very pleased. It took a year to put this thing together. but um, <clears throat> So this is just – the store is just one part of it, and then read to your heart's content.
1: OrleansOnline.net. Okay. Yep. And it is available on CD because we saw Lance hold one up. If you're listening on the podcast, we saw physical format. Yep. Uh, you could buy it, and it's available on all other platforms as well. Um, and on this new website, you were threatening to have our uh, original interview uh, the video posted. so hopefully people can go find that as well. At the moment,
2: the August podcast is number one. Um, uh, that page of or- of Orleans of interviews will ult- I have so much content to upload. but um, starting from recent history, it'll go backwards. So you, you, the one we did in August right now is pr- very prominently featured.
0: Excellent. Oh, that's Impressive. how we like it. Great. <laughs> that's
1: right. <laughs> All right. And if anything else comes along to supplant it, well, then we'll just have to upload this video. There, there we well, go. This will <laughs> go on and be
2: first now.
1: You know. Uh, yeah. Cool. Good. Well. Thanks again, Lance. This was a lot of fun. Um, I really do recommend the record, and um, we'll have to get, catch up with you again in 2023 and see what uh, the new touring schedule holds for see. you. You know, this has been year
2: 50, and uh, there will be a year 51. It's just like, how long? How long can this go on? How long has this been going on, right?
0: Yeah, well, hey, well that'll be uh Merry forever. Christmas and a Happy New Year, right?
2: We shall see. All right. We shall see.
0: All right. Thanks again, Lance, and we'll talk to
2: you soon. Hey, guys. Thank you.
1: Well, John, I guess we owe more thanks to Lance Hoppin for coming back to the show again. We love the details. Always, always want to hear the stories about how these songs came about. Always. I know when we had him on in the summer, he started to tease out some of these details. (laughs) And we're like, God, there's just so much to this record. We got to do a whole episode on it. So I hope people enjoy it. I certainly did. Yeah. My favorite part was that,
0: that they managed to find that cassette recording of... Them singing around the piano with mom, and we're able to involve yes. that. In it. That was killer. Isn't that cool?
1: Yep.
0: Cool. Um, and Lane was a part of that? I guess so. Lane and uh, Lance and Larry. So, all three, I believe. Nice. Unless Lane was too young at the time. I don't know. He was the youngest, I think.
1: Yeah. But cool. Very cool. Well, that brings us to another glorious uh, holiday inspired lightning round. Still going with the lightning sound. Here it is. <laughs> All right. Hot as ever. I'm imagining. You know what? It would be lightning in December in the upper Midwest because of the global warming stuff. So here we are. Don't they have a term for that? Like uh, thunder thundersnow or something? (laughs) Oh, yeah. We did have a thundersnow storm last year. Wow. All right. Cool. Well, so then we're right on track where we need to be. Yes. So I think that means you get to go first this week. I'm actually deferring, so I won the toss, but I'm going to defer to the second half. You'll see why in a minute. So So. you
0: want your defense to take the field first. I understand. Yep. I am going to choose the north end of the end zone. Okay. Well, that would make sense, right? Yes. Always want that north wind at your back. Okay. (laughs) That's true. Well, then we're going to do float your boat. And, um... Kind of like uh, the last one, I stuck more with Christmas songs. I'm going to sort of relate them to the episode as best I can. Maybe they're just era appropriate. But for my float your boat, I don't really have a float your boat question that goes with it. I mean, the question that always surrounds Hall & Oates is do they or don't they, right? Make the boat. Mm. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm more of a no than a yes, even though I guess they have some that are certified. But here's a... Hall and Oates Christmas song. It's actually labeled as Daryl's version, but I like the Hall and Oats take on Jingle Bell Rock.
1: Yes. Well, okay, everyone. You heard it here first. Put a pin in that. Ooh. I've got a buried treasure from Hall and Oats that I just recently discovered, but okay. it's not a Christmas inspired or themed song. So it's going to have to wait till next week. Ah, interesting. That's the pin. All right. Well, I had to go second because I'm going to do my back-to-back ah, out of order. yes. The old snake so, draft approach. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm supposed to be giving you a song and then asking you, sir, does that float your boat? But instead... Yeah, but this is a special time of year. It is. Well, here's a special way of looking at it. I am going to um, bring up a Christmas song um, by a band, Firefall, who did some tour dates. <sighs> with yeah. uh, none other than Orleans this summer. Uh-huh. And uh, we came within inches of including a Firefall Christmas song on the uh, compilation that we did with TJ George, but did not get one. So right. here is my buried treasure since it uh, got buried in the mix. Uh, this is a wonderful song from back of the day called Christmas in Love. Merry Christmas.
0: So glad you included that one. I actually uh, was torn because I know we talked about that song back when we did our original Christmas episode, and it's like, do I want to bring it up again? I'm like, yeah, it is that good. I love it that much. Uh, but eventually, I went with something else. But I'm so glad that we got that one in there. Love that tune. It just feels so good.
1: Yes. And since we just did a whole episode of fun facts, oh, um, I'm sure you're well aware of the fun fact that that was the side B to yes. a single. Always, another one of my favorites. Yes, indeed. So I want to ask you on always because you know when we first started listening to quote unquote yacht rock, Firefall was a fixture, uh, Mm -hmm. of course. Um, And then the more we learned about quote unquote capital Y capital R yacht rock, we realized that it's probably not the technical sound. However. This tune, even knowing what I know now, I maintain is yachty. It's got David Sanborn on sax. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe doesn't have any kind of R and B bounce or anything, but I feel like this one is produced as close to yacht rock as it comes. Take a listen and tell me where you stand.
0: you know i so want it's still on my list it'll always i mean a lot of firefall is on my list even though i know intellectually it isn't same, supposed to be same, there same. but there's yeah but there's something different about firefall than they're not just strum rock i've made this case before they do things different kind of like little river band they do things different than it's than what you would just lump into the strum rock thing now always uh, obviously, it's more of a power ballad. I think that was like 1982 area. So right in the heart of that production where it's really gotten pristine. Yep. I don't know that I can go so far as to put it on the boat, but I swear when Sandboard starts sneaking in, yes. I think it's after uh, the second verse, second chorus, wherever that starts to happen man it, it makes you want to say yes it it, it's sure it like does. throwing you that life
1: preserver and trying to tug you aboard <laughs> and those hummer meetings are just thick as shag carpeting man they're just beautiful <laughs> <laughs> on the walls <laughs> on the walls yeah well like in the studios back then they would have them on the walls i'm sticking with it i'm gonna stand by my guns and say that's a yacht rock tune and all you right know, haters come one come on hate. yep haters yeah. can hate. all right so um That means it is uh, your turn for Buried Treasure. I'm out of order, so now I'm kind of lost here. I need my uh, sonar and my my charts. (laughs) Here we go. Buried Treasure, this one,
0: uh, again, I'm not exactly sure how I can even make the case that this connects. But I didn't know that this existed until I started looking around for other era-appropriate Christmas songs that maybe we missed the first couple of times around when we did Christmas episodes. So now, you know, we're a few years in, it Mm -hmm. gets a little harder to to find them. But there was a non-album single released by Queen. It would have been done probably around the time of The Works album. Is this Cool Cat? No, this is not Cool Cat. <laughs> um, the Works album was where they started really heavily starting to use Drum Machine and stuff. And they, like Radio Gaga is an example okay, of what's yeah. off of that. Yeah. Uh, Hammer to Fall was sort of the rocker off of that one. But they had a single that came out, holiday themed at the time. And this is called Thank God It's Christmas. Thank-
1: It is Queen. It is definitely that era of Queens. I'll tell you what, I stand corrected. Now that, those are harmonies that are as thick as shag carpeting on the dashboard of your conversion van, which has a painting (laughs) of a woman riding a dragon with flames coming out of its nose on the side of it. Whoa. That's pretty thick. (laughs)
0: Yes. Uh, I'm I'm without words. I have no response to that. I like that. All right. So let me go on uh, with off the map then. I'm going to stick with somebody that's an artist that is a Yacht Rock-related artist, and it is theme-appropriate, even though... So I guess I flipped these. Maybe that's... uh, where all the confusion might lie. (laughs) We've been confused from the get-go. I know. Well, it's Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, Christmas cheer. Nicolette Larson from a compilation called Tennessee Christmas, not to be confused with last week's song from Amy Grant, but this is a compilation and Nicolette Larson doing One Bright Star. Cool. I will have you know that I uh, I saved you from the biggest streamed uh, song on that particular compilation is Jimmy Buffett's "Christmas in the Caribbean." So I <laughs> saved you from playing that, that one. Boy, it sounds yachty. Well, like post yachty, it's it's got a little bit of no, the late '80s. I meant going. Buffett.
1: Christmas in the Caribbean. Oh. oh, yeah. I mean, everything is right. Everything Buffett did yacht, right? right? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Moving right along, I'm going to stick with uh, your yeah. theme. I've got Yacht Rock Personnel, okay. but from a different era, 2005. Okay. This is David Pack singing on a tune that appears on a compilation, a Christmas or holiday uh, compilation by Billy Dean. This is their version of Mary, Did You Know? Did You Know
0: that your baby boy? heaven's perfect land The sleeping child you're holding Is the greatest. Yeah that's quite the contrast in voices isn't it Billy Dean and David Pack Yeah it is wow. but as of 2005
1: David yeah. Pack clearly still had it Oh yeah Woo. Yeah Well you say uh, that's one of your favorite Christmas songs huh Yes it is I never yeah. liked that song, but like hearing this version got me into it. I've got some homework for you, uh, for our audience. Listen to the Rita Watkins version of that tune. It's Rita R E T A Watkins. It is a, like a jazz standard version, and it just swings, man. Killer. All right, all right. Well, that is just, this is the season of giving, so I just gave you something uh, a little audio gift for you. Okay, you know what I'm going to give you? Not the finger.
0: No, ahoy, polloy. <laughs>